Hi, my name is Jonathan Darty, and I'm the founder of Gateway to Freedom, and I used to be addicted to porn and sex. Gateway to Freedom is our workshop for men who want to overcome any kind of sexual struggle or stronghold. It's conducted over three days in a safe, private setting with professional counselors and experts in dealing with sexual brokenness issues. Now, space at each workshop is limited to ensure the highest quality of personal attention. And the workshop is available throughout the year in several locations around the United States. Hundreds of men over the years have found hope and healing through Gateway to Freedom, and I believe you can too. Our next workshop is coming up December 6th through the 8th in Texas. You can register by calling 1-800-49-PURITY, that's 1-800-497-8748, or by visiting BeBroken.com. Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and we actually have some very special guests with us from North Carolina. We have Steve and Lisa Goldberg. So, Steve and Lisa, welcome to the program. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Now, you're you're not any relationship with the the Goldbergs like the television program, are you? you know, any kind <laughs> of? Do you get that a lot now that that program's been out for a few years? Yes, yes, we definitely get that a lot. Absolutely relation although there's probably some relation all the way back <laughs> there are a yeah. lot of around out there can can you relate to some of the 80s stuff you know the 80s themes and sure uh, absolutely yeah that was a that was that was so much of my formative years was actually in the 80s so whenever they bring shows where they've got the eight i'm like yeah i, I want to see first of all if they're historically accurate you know but they do a pretty good job in that one um, yeah. but we're, we're grateful for you guys being with us um uh, listeners, before we dive into a little bit of what uh, Steve and Lisa have for us, because we want to hear a little bit about their story and especially some really key important things, some, some neat things that they've learned about how to navigate, uh, you know, revealing an affair. Um, listeners, we're grateful for you, especially those of you that have come alongside of us and partnered with us because we're a listener-supported broadcast. So the only way that you're hearing us or seeing us is because of people that have decided to give to us. And we've been really excited to see where God has taken this program over the years. I was just looking at a report recently, and we've got listeners in Pakistan, and we've got listeners in China, and we've got listeners in New Zealand and Australia and the UK. And so we're excited to be able to get this message broadcast out over the entire globe. If you'd like to learn about the ways that you can support us, just go to puresexradio.com, click on the donate link. One other way too that you can help us to continue to expand the program is, is hit the subscribe button in your, whatever your podcast catcher is so that that way you don't have to be looking for us. What'll happen is every time there's new content, it'll just automatically come up in your podcast feed. Well, Steve and Lisa, I'm excited that uh, we get to have you on the program. Um, Lisa, you and I met at the Reclaim uh, conference back in October and um, and it was just great to to be in a space where there's so many people that have are like minded about God's design and purpose for sexuality, and uh, you guys have a story related to this issue of sexual brokenness, right? So I would love for you guys to just be able to tell our audience a little bit about who you are, kind of kind of what your background and history is with this issue of sexual brokenness, and then I really am looking forward to talking about how you can help our listeners who may be in that difficult space of how do you navigate revealing an affair and working through that. So tell us your story. All right. Well, 
Um, if you haven't figured it out already, uh, the Goldbergs, this is not usually a name that you hear <laughs> in the church as much. Um, I was raised Jewish. I'm, I'm Jewish. Lisa was raised uh, Lutheran in Wisconsin. And, you know, when we got married, uh, neither one of us was following our childhood religion. We kind of felt like love would carry us. Pretty quickly into our marriage, in the first few years, we figured out that things were just not going well. Um, we felt like uh, just kind of two ships in the night. And um, at about year five or six, um, Lisa chose to address that hole that was in our marriage, the issue of marriage, by going back to church. Uh, she got involved in a Bible study and rededicated her life to Christ, uh, which was a great path. <laughs> I, on the other hand, uh, decided that I was going to fill that hole with um, spending more time with my friends, playing with my band more, um, and partying more, and ended up having an affair for a year and a half. So um, as that was going on, we separated in our marriage. I was trying to get Lisa to divorce me, and we separated for a set amount of time. And then when we came back together, um, I revealed that I had been having an affair to which I thought that Lisa was going to leave me and that my whole life as I knew it would be over. Instead, uh, she said, I love you, we can make it through this, which totally shocked me. Um, and I believe that it was a, a divine moment that I felt um, completely undeserved forgiveness for the first time in my life. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I ended the affair with the other woman and started going to church with Lisa. And about three months later, I gave my life to Christ. And our marriage uh, started down the path of being a God-centered marriage. And so that, was, that all took place about 10 years ago. Okay. So Lisa, now this separation occurred without you having any knowledge of an affair. Is that right? Or was that Yes, that is correct. Uh, Steve, as he said, was really uh, kind of being a jerk and trying to get me to divorce him so that he wouldn't. Let's not to pretend kind of it wasn't any kind of about it. Right? <laughs> he was being a jerk. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, it, it was it was a rough situation. He was asking for space, um, mm. consistently asking for space, uh, and I did not want to give him space. I really, truly believed that God was telling me to fight for my marriage, and I believed that space was going to open us up for temptation, but I didn't realize that that temptation had already really uh, become a full-blown affair. So I did agree to a very uh, short time of separation, uh, but when we came back together, nothing had really changed uh, for well, I'm Steve. Curious, I'm curious about the thinking behind the agreement to have a short, specific time of separation. You know, a lot of times we talk about, um, you know, uh, counselor-led or directed separations, and you've got some of this stuff, and there's a lot of wisdom in that. But what was y'all's thinking about having, because it's one thing to separate and say, okay, we're, we're going to just see how this goes. The fact that you guys had like a time frame, what was the thinking behind that from both of you? Because you might have had different expectations and, and intentions behind that, right? Sure. I, I know what I was thinking. Go, you go, no, 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 go, go ahead. Go. Okay, I'll go. Um, so I wanted to 
you know, just separate. It was really, um, you know, a, you know, when Lisa said, okay, I'll do this, but we, we were seeing a counselor at the time. And so we put boundaries on the separation and I agreed, basically agreed to those boundaries just so that the separation could happen. Mm-hmm. So there was uh, a fair amount of deception in that because at that time, Steve was lying to the counselor that we were seeing. So his desire was really to be able to have me out of the picture for as much time as he could get. Mm. Um, and, and we see that as um, the lies that the enemy was feeding him at that time, that that's what he wanted. For me, uh, what I agreed to was an extended time over Christmas to help my brother with his newborn baby. <laughs> that's what I agreed to, uh, which to everyone in our life, that's what I did. You know, I went to go and help my brother with his new family. And, um, and rather than kind of including our family and friends in what was going on in our life, that was our, you know, the outside what was happening. And so now then Steve comes back nothing has really changed you how did you become aware of the affair yeah so steve was a hot mess um he was extraordinarily agitated uh, f- there were physical signs of what was occurring inside of him um just the darkness that was taking over and so he he was kind of, he was doing a lot of pacing around and not speaking the way that he would normally speak. Um, just a very agitated version of himself. And in general, Steve's a really peaceful, down to earth guy. So it was obvious something was eating at him, and I was trying to find out what that was. And finally, um, about eleven o'clock one night. Uh, I either there has got to be something mentally wrong with you and we need to take you to a hospital or you have got somebody waiting in the wings. Mm. And he made this little sound like a little grunt in his voice. And that was my confirmation. Yeah. So then uh, did at that moment, did the conversation then continue into the, the disclosure or did that come even later? It was at that moment. Okay. It was at that moment. That so what everything... was that like for you, Steve? Like now, you know, you're, you're cornered. Yeah. That's it. Well, that's exactly what it felt like. And up until that moment, I mean, I, I was dreading it so much, so much so that I, I truly believed that, that I was going to be taken out. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't suicidal, but I was really hoping that I would just die before this whole thing came out. And then I could leave at least we could get everything and nobody would know that, you know, I had messed up so bad. I mean, it had gotten that, that bad in my head. I was having a problem living with myself. So when she said that, you know, there must be somebody waiting in the wings. It was like, I have to, I have to face this. And so I, I told her and totally expecting her to, (laughs) and kick me out of the house and, she just had this, um, you know, aura about her when she said, okay, I love you. We can make it through this. And it was, I, I certainly didn't expect to hear that. 
Um, yeah. So then yeah, what, were, was, what were the days and weeks following that like? Because you said, Steve, you ended the, you ended the affair. Lisa, yes. you have a whole new set of emotions to, to process. There's a lot of stuff that just sort of erupts when this kind of disclosure happens. And those, sometimes those days and weeks after that can almost be shrouded in a blur. But what was that like for you guys in terms of what this, this transitional you know, direction, this new direction looked like in those first days? Uh, so it, it isn't shrouded in a blur for us because we tell this story on a regular basis. <laughs> so we're able to really speak specifically to that. My initial response was the Holy Spirit because least is zero to a hundred. Um, so the response was very much so from the Lord, 110%. Uh, and after that, I crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hit rock bottom. Um, I, I lost weight. I couldn't eat. I was physically just ill from, from this. I really did not expect it. I, it was, so we had been having problems for almost two years, like obvious problems for almost two years at this point. This was not what I expected the problem to be. And so it was, um, a roller coaster to say the least. There were moments of grace and love, and then there were moments of torturous pain mm-hmm. for both of us, really. Uh, it, it, thank most of the time we kind of swapped and were able to somehow cater to each other or help each other through the darker times. Um, and that I believe is the grace of God working through us, but it, uh, it was a rough road, um, but one that we could always see a glimmer of light, uh, even when it was really dark. Yeah. Now, Steve, I think about you, and and I think immediately of the prodigal son, right, who had wandered so, so far from home. And then when he comes home, I can only imagine all of the various expectations that he had of what coming home would be like. In fact, we know some of his expectation because he said, my dad treats the servants well, maybe he'll let me just be a servant. So he was kind of expecting like, if I can just be on the outskirts of the family, so to speak, I'll be content with that. And then he's met with this overwhelming embrace of grace and love and belonging. Obviously... God did that through your wife of giving you an overwhelming embrace of grace and love. So what was, what was your response? And because obviously at some point you had a motivation for whatever reason to go to church with Lisa and begin exploring maybe some of the things behind, how could this woman be, be that gracious in this response? There's gotta be something else at work. I mean, I know she's a great lady and all, but this is supernatural. Nobody does this like naturally. Yeah. And that, that's exactly uh, what was going through my head. You know, when she said, I love you, we can make it through this. Um, everything changed for me. It, it, it was like I had a new life at that moment. It was like the, the pain and the suffering and the torment, all of that was within me. Oh, it was like it released through confessing this huge sin. And I, all of a sudden, for the first time in, you know, years, had this desire 
to fight for my marriage that mm. I didn't have before, um, which was great because I had this gung-ho desire now that thing was out in the open and Lisa crashed and, and that allowed me to be the strength to, to help keep our marriage together while she was going through those initial motions uh, that she was experiencing. Yeah. Um, but as far uh, her, um, you know, she had really changed over the past year and a half or so. I noticed a big difference in her once she started going to church. And I kind of initially thought like, oh, well, that's good for you. Like, that's great that it's working for you. It, it made life at home easier for me. Like, you know, that was kind of my mindset of it. But once I felt that forgiveness, you know, the initial forgiveness from her, um, I wanted to know what that was like. And I, and we, we, this, this part of, of the story is a little blurry for us because <laughs> she thinks that she invited me to go to church and I think that I asked to go to church. So we, we both think that, <laughs> but we don't know, whatever it was. And, and maybe God, God was, is saying, maybe God is saying, yes, yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> right. That's right. It was probably exactly. So uh, I started going uh, to church with her and God uh, just being so amazing. Uh, the there was a brand new series on love sex and marriage that was happening and there was a marriage small group that was being started and there was a retreat that was going to be happening and it was like god just placed all these things in line for us mm. um, yeah. and and it was just such a blessing so now you know fast forwarding um, there's a point at which at some point God starts to stir in the both of you as healing and restoration and, and intimacy is restored in your relationship and, and growing, uh, then plants a desire in you to begin to share this with others. Now, before we get into exactly what that all looked like, I want to I want to let our listeners know um, you have got a uh, an ebook that's coming out pretty soon that you're going to be making available that's talking about what you guys call seven steps for navigating revealing an affair, right? So can you share with us a little bit about, first of all, what that transition from just healing in your own lives to then now being sort of called out by God to share that story, and then what these, these principles are, what these steps might be for couples out there that are going, okay, we're in the mess, or maybe there's even some husbands or wives out there that are going, there hasn't been a revelation yet. There hasn't been a disclosure yet of, of this. And I'm terrified. Like you were saying, Steve, I'd, I'd rather just like die in some way. I don't want to have to face this. Uh, so can you help couples maybe get some hope that God stirred in you to share your story for a reason in order that others don't have to keep drowning in this brokenness in their relationship? Yeah. So the night of the reveal, uh, I stayed up, I'm very type A, and so I like lists, and I stayed up all night long, and Steve slept really well, uh, <laughs> and uh, I made a list. I, I went on Google and, you know, typed in how to stay with your spouse after an affair. This was one thing that I had yet to research in, in fighting for my marriage, because I genuinely did not anticipate it. So I made this little list for myself but I found I genuinely worked through that throughout the night because there's so much information on multiple sides offering information about infidelity, adultery, cheating, whatever word you want to use for it. So I 
made what I believe an accurate list for us to follow. All right, listeners and viewers. So this is the joys of technology. We had a little hiccup there, but um, uh, Lisa, you were talking about when um, when the disclosure happened because we were talking about what did this transition eventually down the road look like to ministry? And you said you were type A, staying up all night and making a list. And and you said you Googled like, hey, how do you stay in your marriage after infidelity and all this? So tell us more about what that maybe list was and then what kind of came out of that. So what came out of that was a clear picture of a path that we needed to follow, both tangible items that needed to get done, such as phone numbers being changed, um, a, an ending of the affair um, that we both agreed on how that was to be done, certain, certain trust building items. And from there, it set a course for us for healing and rebuilding the trust in our marriage and ultimately building a new marriage. And within early within that process, we both knew that God was calling us to share our story. Really, even before Steve committed his life to Christ, it was evident to us that he would use us in some way um, on this particular topic. Uh, because at the time, we really were already more than willing to share with people what had happened and how we were working through it. Uh, it wasn't until seven years later that we actually began our ministry and started kind of formally sharing our story. Mm -hmm. So then Steve, what was that like for you? I mean, Lisa's got her list, right? And now, you know, she's checking off and, uh, because sometimes I've seen it happen where, you know, uh, this may not be profound to any couples who are married out there, but you're not always on the same page in marriage, you know? And I think part of that is actually by God's design. Men and women are differently different. So therefore, kind of the way we process things and, and even just our own development in terms of our faith and our growth and all that is, is not always going to be, we're not going to be carbon copies of each other. And I think that's good, actually. But sometimes when it comes to God starting to move and call us into ministry, we can also be at different places on that in terms of like, what's, what's this going to look like? What is the timing? So what was your journey like, Steve, to get from a place of, hey, this is really about, you know, I'm a new Christian. I'm learning how to love my wife. You know, there's a restoration that's going on here that's blowing my mind because this wasn't on my radar and then transitioning that into, oh, maybe there's something even more ministry-wise here. Yeah, um, you know, it, from the beginning, it was, it was just obvious that, um, that Jesus was, you know, the star of our story. Um, you know, people come up to us after we do a presentation and we tell, you know, we say that we, we're airing all our dirty, dirty lines. You know, after we do all that and, and everything comes out, they come up to us and then they go, oh, I just don't know how you could do that. I could never do that. And it's like, well, you know, God is the one who restored our marriage. And so, you know, the more people that know that these types of things happen and that there is, you know, hope for their marriage, um, you know, with a God-centered marriage, uh, I mean, that's, that's just a you know, place to be in. So to be in ministry, uh, sharing that was was a pretty 
easy decision for us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I think it's one of those circumstances where he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And he gave us everything that we needed uh, to be able to do it. And honestly, we are blessed the more we talk about it, the more that we yeah. share it, the more we work with other couples. So let's talk now about how that is even starting to coalesce into this ebook that you're releasing on helping now other couples think through some key steps or maybe some key principles. Can you, can you share with us some of what those are? Uh, we're not going to be able to unpack all of them, but at least maybe start to give a framework for people to know what those are if they're dealing with how do you, you know, navigate revealing an affair. And then certainly we're going to let our listeners know how they can get more information on your website and the book and all of that. Certainly. Uh, the ebook is what I didn't have. And so it's written um, to the person, the wounded spouse. That's what we, the terminology that we use. And it's specifically written, you have just found out this information and you don't know what to do. Um, here's how it worked for us. And we pray that this will help you. The, the seven steps uh, are, they have multiple levels to them, I guess you could say. But um, the, essentially the checklist that goes on with the ebook is the first step for us is to pause and pray. I think a lot of times people pray as a last resort or think of it um, maybe several steps down the line. But I think one of the most important things that allowed me to continue to fight for my marriage at that time, even before the reveal of the affair, was my conversations with God. And my prayer life was deeper than it had ever been, ever. And um, our key verse for that is Psalm 18.6. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard me. My cry came before him into his ears. Uh, so that's step number one. Um, step number two for us is feel and react. So we want people to know that feeling not wrong. I definitely had the gamut of feelings, and so did Steve. And so feelings are not wrong. It's what you do with those feelings that really matters. Um, so for that, the key verse is Ephesians 4.26, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not even for a day. And it's not saying um, don't be angry, because I do think that it's, it would be nearly impossible for someone not to experience the emotion of anger in a moment of finding out about a third party in your marriage that was them or invited. So it's and not I would about, say, I would actually even add to that. I actually believe we're, we're actually commanded in scripture to be angry, but to not sin in our anger. Because what Steve did to you is an injustice, a violation of covenant. And therefore, there is appropriate anger that is directed at that violation of covenant. Now, you're not allowed to sin, Lisa, in that anger, right? But boy, to have that feeling of there has been an injustice that's been done here. That's actually, I think, part of God's justice. God is angry at sin, you know? Um, anyway, that's a little sidebar there to, that hopefully even some of the listeners who are struggling with that idea of how do I be Christian in this moment, it's like, hey, those feelings of anger, you've got to feel them. They're normal. And some of them are actually even what I would call righteous. There's a righteous anger there. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let me give an additional sidebar to that. Someone recently asked me, 
what regret I had in the process of our healing. And immediately my thought went to the times that I screamed at Steve. And it wasn't so much this, like the wailing in, in pain or that type of loud um, emotion that was being expressed. It was the moments where I do believe that there was sin in my anger because I was screaming at him. Mm, yeah. And so I think that is a valid um, difference between those two types of anger. So we're getting we're getting close to the end of our time. I don't mean to rush these, but but in some ways I'm like, hey, we're getting we're giving people a teaser. They're gonna go get your go get your. And I I love the fact you said I think you guys are providing this for free, right? Is that right? This ebook. So it's very very important for us to provide it for free. How yeah. awesome! Yeah. I love that. So even if we can't unpack every single one of these um, these steps, we'll definitely let them know where they can they can get that. And let me just share one more with you because I do think it's important. And the third step is to subtract and add. And that means that marital recovery cannot begin until the affair partner is removed. Um, Mm. For people that even if you can't rebuild a marriage when you still have one foot out the door. Yeah, that's good. Can you at least give us... The, the remaining four, even if we don't unpack what those are? Absolutely. The fourth is to prioritize and pursue, to fill your calendar with time together and time with trusted advisors. And trust me, everything else that's taking up time in your calendar can wait. Mm-hmm. We had to remove a lot of things in our life in order to make room for the healing, and it was well worth it. Number five is to share access. Um, the wayward spouse Steve um, needed to give me the information that I truly believed that I needed in order to heal. But you also, as the wounded spouse, need to really make a conscious choice about what information you would like and what information you don't want, because it will always be in your head, whatever it is you ask for. The sixth step is to embrace and entrust. Trust that God will provide all you need. Choose to give 100% to your even if you don't feel like it. And our seventh is to cherish, believe that your marriage is worth fighting for and commit, commit to the process of rebuilding using resources that we recommend throughout our site, you have on yours and multiple other ministries that will help marriages thrive. Yeah. Wow. That is so good. And, and what I see there's a there's a thread that I see through all of those, which is ultimately what I think marriage is about. And it's that covenant, right? Covenant love. That this is about restoring to what God intended and designed marriage to be. And I love the way that you guys have expressed that because I think what I hear in your stories, in your story, not only in your marriage story, but in what God has done in you individually is that there has been a breaking down of pride. There's been a humility. There's been a sacrifice. All those things are part of what covenant love looks like. And so I thank you guys so much for being willing to share that with us and our listeners. Please let our listeners know how they can connect with you guys and your ministry and your resources. Sure. Um, Our website is the best way. It's staysidebyside.org staysidebyside.org. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, staysidebyside.org. Sorry, staysidebyside is our uh, name. In general, we love when people 
contact us. We are completely available and accessible and um, we are what we didn't have. And so um, if you want to reach out to us, we are completely available to kind of guide you through this. And is, is the ebook available yet or when is it coming out or, or do you have a time frame on that? So the ebook is in editing and then design and it will be in December. But if you go onto our contact page on our website and just put your email address in, you will be one of the first people to receive it. And again, as we said, it's free. It's something that is important to us. We don't want any um, financial constraints to get in the way of somebody who is in a crisis moment receiving some sort of um, guideline and hope in their marriage. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Steve and Lisa, so much for sharing your story and being with us. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Well, listeners, we're always glad that you're with us, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.